0: the episode
1: at work that would be awesome no i did watch it the night before <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i have a co-worker though i'm probably getting critical right now let me see because i'm trying to load my mail i mailed myself the notes instead of like logging into the dropbox uh. or something yeah um, but i do have a co-worker that watches like a half hour of a tv show whatever he happens to be in the middle of on his lunch break he's the guy who like runs the warehouse so he has his own office yeah. out there and, um, nice. You know, and then he meet, makes his little, yeah, makes lunch and then eats out there. And, and I'm like, I should, um, I don't know, we should watch something together. I should join your little lunch, <laughs> TV lunch club. You we watch a lot him. of the same stuff.
0: You should join him and watch the same thing he does at the same time, but don't say anything.
1: All right. Well, we have t- a ton of time for bullshit today. But, I mean, we probably used up <laughs> we... any bullshit we had <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, I
0: mean, this is weird. You know, we don't normally do consecutive episodes on consecutive days so like i don't know what to talk about here
1: i know i I can't (laughs) tell you the last time i did two Um. audio shows in two days you know it was like (laughs) a long time ago two and a half years ago or something probably (laughs) should we get going yeah yeah i might as well welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show
0: about one thing watching curb your enthusiasm for the first
1: time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about, in the correct order, Season 8, Episode <laughs> 6, The Hero. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode A Vow of Silence? How could I forget? Uh, Brett Gelman plays, and I love his credit in this. I, I saw it today. Pig Parker. It sounds like his real name. Like, hi, I'm Pig Parker. <laughs> but he did not have a name. To, but that's what Larry calls him. And so that's the credit he got. I just like that. Brett Clifford Gelman. Coming up on his 47th birthday as we record this, uh, born on October 6th, best known for his role as Murray Bauman these days in Stranger Things, and also Martin on the BBC comedy Fleabag, which I never caught up on, but everyone everyone was all about it when it was winning all those awards. I just never went back and and caught up. I really want to. Born and raised in Highland Park, Illinois in a Jewish family, graduated from the UNC School of the Arts in Winston-Salem, where he got a theater degree after college, moved to New York City with fellow schoolmate, actor, and future to us anyway, curb your enthusiasm alum John Daly, mm. who I think is hilarious. Uh and he's doing like a he's doing like an like an alt-right parody tour right now. I forget what it's called. Uh, but, wait. but no, it's like a it's a parody of all of alt-right. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. You
0: you kinda kinda confused me there for a second. I thought it
1: was like <laughs>
0: pa- parodies from an yeah. alt right perspective. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's
1: parodying the left, so that's great. Um no, he's... Uh, I... well, welcome to
0: PNN, because <laughs> all their news is pee because that that's the level of parody I would expect from an
1: alt-right uh, parody tour. It's the Red, White, and Blue Pilled Tour. Oh, my... And, God. That's the name of
0: it? Yeah. Holy and his, shit. And his
1: character is Johnny Doily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I guess he's like a British... Um, so how, how, how um, fitting for like the Ricky Gervais episode. He's like a British... Um, <laughs> edgy you know alt-right comedian uh he says americans are not ready for my edgy jokes and pokes
0: jesus christ
1: <laughs> but i just saw that he's uh, gonna be in pittsburgh which is cool. oh nice uh, you, should, you should try and go i know that'd be awesome i would love to see that yeah you, uh, you scared me
0: for a second i thought you were, i thought you were about to tell me that uh john daly uh
1: became red-pilled and, <laughs> and was uh, doing an alt-right tour now i'm like no <laughs> Nope. Uh, so while in New York, Gelman was a regular performer at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater as part of the duo Cracked Out and the sketch group Mr. Ass with dollar signs as the S's, <laughs> which I think is uh, ironically hilarious um, and on trend for <laughs> how much ass we've talked about uh, so far in this in this episode. Brett Gelman's big break, get this, the thing that like funded his showbiz dreams for a while was a character called the Little Bit of Luck Guy in... Uh, New York lottery ads for take five for like their cash five ticket. And he played this character, little bit of luck guy. And those ads ran from 2008 to 2011. So we had like an (laughs) awesome paying gig for like all the way up until basically, you know, this episode aired um, doing, doing that. It was like getting known in, you know, where you need to be known in, in New York City, which I think is awesome. Uh, I should have looked those up. I didn't look any up. I want to see some little bit of luck take five ads. I'm going to put that on the list for later. Um, uh, prior to Curb, even, he appeared in The Other Guys and 30 Minutes or Less, which, of course, is based on the eerie pizza bomber that uh, we're, we're very familiar with. Um, he was a regular <laughs> sketch performer on Funnier Die Presents and Comedy Central's Nick Swartzen's Pretend Time. You know, every time I bring up that they made a comedy
0: based off the Pizza Bomber case, no one fucking believes me. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's... of course, of course, it'd be like it'd be like making a comedy out of someone dying in a car crash.
1: Yeah, it's it it hits different in Erie. Yeah, because like, there were like people who. Were affected by it, you know, and they're like, wow, they're so, <laughs> so it's funny now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, he was. Uh, so in addition to pretend time, which I love how much that's popping up with the, the curb guest stars. Now, he had recurring roles on The Life and Times of Tim. Uh, Post curb, he was on an NBC comedy series that I watched again, kind of on brand for the bullshit portion of this. Uh, he was on the show. Go on with Matthew Perry, which I venture to say might be where I probably saw him first. Well, maybe not, because I did watch Pretend Time, like I said, and and some of those other things. But he played Mr. K, who I don't remember, uh, on Go On with Matthew Perry, the one where he played a radio sportscaster, uh, and it had scenes of like... it, It had the great thing I love that when anyone's playing a radio personality on in tv or movies or whatever they have to do business while they're on the air and like oh for sure God. you know i mean we're we're manipulating <laughs> the board and, and moving a mouse around and stuff like that but they always like well i'm a sports guy so i have to be holding a football while i'm talking about sports on the oh. radio like, no, no one nobody actually
0: does that <laughs> maybe pat mcafee i think pat mcafee might but he's like at a standing desk with his microphone and he's just constantly up and moving around
1: yeah, is was he one of those guys that has a TV show, too, or at least streams? His, yes, yes, he now does, people, and yes, he is. Yeah, now that people started doing that, like, I get business. <laughs> it's like, all right, got to make it interesting. But even, like, who's the guy, Rich? Rich Eisen. What's his face? Rich Eisen, I don't think, does business while he's on the air. No, um, Rich Eisen and, sits and Matthew and Perry was not. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Matthew Perry was not. Uh, he was only broadcasting over the airwaves. So that's what made it even funnier. He was like, well, i got to hold a baseball since I'm talking about baseball right now <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it's so dumb but i get it otherwise well you're just sitting at a table and talking and like we're trying to watch a tv show about a guy like i get it but it's one of those things about you know when you see what you do for a living uh and movies and tv you try to portray it i'm sure every career out there can go, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. Nobody does that. <laughs> um, he was also on the FX comedy series Married with uh, Nat Faxon, which I can't believe I didn't watch because I love Nat Faxon. In 2015, I have to mention this, Brett Gelman appeared appeared in the series finale of Mad Men with Rich Summer, who of course was on this episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, so I wonder if they brought that up. I always wonder if when actors work together, they're like, hey, we were on, I know we didn't have any scenes together, but we were on the same episode of Curb. Isn't that Weird, and now we're on the same episode <laughs> of Mad Men. How about that? Um, I did want to find out who played Vance, because I recognized him, the guy who takes the vow of silence, and I realize it's probably because he's, uh, he's, first of all, a Groundlings alum, and he is in Christopher Guest's stable of improvisers. So he's been in Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, For your consideration so i'm sure that's where i recognize him from um all of those bits and he was also in bridesmaids and get this in 1999 he became a writer for mad tv eventually becoming a producer in 2001 Mm. and he played uh on on the actual show he made it on and he played simeon dyson an obnoxious drug abusing game show announcer on the recurring sketch the lillian verner game show as our mad resident mad tv expert do you remember this at all Do you remember that sketch?
0: No, I don't think I do. The Lillian Burner.
1: Okay. I would just like to throw it to you whenever Mad TV comes up. He also served as a writer and producer on seasons three through six of Glee after appearing in a guest role on season one as rival Glee Club director Dalton Rumba. He was also on Entourage, Arrested Development, Party Down. Um, So I probably recognize him from all of that. He was on The League, which I know people like. Ted, he was on the Sweet life on deck oh god you know i was never
0: big into on deck that was that's the sequel
1: series come on right come on and get this um uh michael hitchcock wrote a movie called where the day takes you which came out in 1992 to much critical acclaim in part because it marked the film acting debut of will smith so without michael hitchcock no will smith that's that's where he got Hmm. his start pretty amazing wow yeah and chris rock his cheek is, uh, there's no pain to this day, no phantom pain, <laughs> that movie never came out. Uh, I also wanted to look up Brian Husky, the buffet guy uh, from the beginning, who the woman attempts to chat and cut with, just because I knew I recognized him, from Children's Hospital, but where else? He's another UCB alum. He is the one-time NYC roommate and troopmate of Rob Cordry. and at UCB, he studied under the Big Four. Matt Besser, Matt Walsh, Amy Poehler, and Ian Roberts—the uh, the godfathers and godmother of of Upright Citizens Brigade—and he frequently appeared in comedy sketches on Late Night with Conan O'Brien for many years, and as a panelist on Best Week Ever. He was also on Veep, uh, another period on Comedy Central. He provides the voice of regular sized Rudy on Bob's Burgers. Oh
0: my God! Um, All right, yeah, I
1: thought that was interesting. Um, community, Parks and Rec. Nick Swartzen's pretend time. There it is again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Workaholics. And even before he had this little bit in Curb, he was in Superbad, Step Brothers, and Semi-Pro. So a very recognizable um, actor. Uh, So I probably recognize him from all of those roles. Uh, So that's all the homework we had. Here's some other trivia and tidbits. Uh, I don't know if you want to count this as, this is more in-episode continuity, not necessarily the the show breaking its own rules about, what they say and and then changing the story later on but when larry accuses the woman of a chat and cut brian husky's plate is full but in the very next scene it is empty so it went from full Hmm. to empty and similarly you know in between cuts like uh, that's obviously proof that they use different takes we've kind of wondered about that like oh i wonder if you know that they they had a great line and they wanted to get a better reaction or something like that and or maybe Larry laughed, and, and they want to keep the beginning of the scene. So this is proof that, uh, that that does go on. Here's another instance. When Larry is talking to the vet's wife, he's holding his water glass, and all of a sudden, it turns into a fork while, when it cuts back and forth. <laughs> he's holding a fork. Uh, it turns into a fork, I guess. So, um, And I noticed this, and I can't believe I didn't write it down and bring it up. I, I wonder if you noticed it, too. I thought it was just kind of like, oh, I misheard. Um, but when Susie is talking to Jeff and Larry, but the fact that I saw it in the um, goof section of IMDB, I'm like, all right, I guess I wasn't, um, mishearing, but when Susie is speaking to Jeff and Larry outside the vet's office asking about Pinkberry, she says, Oh, Sammy can't have his last meal. He loves it so much. And I was like, did she say Sammy? That's weird. Cause that's her oh. daughter. But I was like, I was like, I guess I must've misheard. And she probably just says he can't have his last yeah. meal. He loves it so much. Sam, he, uh, Sam, like, he
0: can't have his last meal. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or maybe like, damn he, like, like but, d- but damn, he
1: can't have his last meal. Yeah. Like, damn, he can't have his last meal, maybe. But no, did she say Sammy? Apparently someone else heard Sammy, yeah. Um, and I was like, well, maybe the dog's real name is Sammy. That'd be kind of funny because their daughter's <laughs> name Sammy. But I couldn't find out the name of the dog in this episode. I found out there was a dog named Hunter who played Oscar in five episodes going back to season seven. So just last season when we saw Oscar, I don't remember when it was, but... Uh, when Oscar popped up then, it was, he was played that by was... a dog named Hunter. Okay. But then again, Oscar isn't in this episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that she just misspoke and accidentally said Sammy in the in the middle of an improv, and, and they just didn't go back and correct it. So there you go. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but, but there it is. And that is it. All right.
0: Uh, do we have any other news or anything? Not since yesterday, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> any other continuity that needs curbed? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last 36 minutes. What the fuck? (laughs) How did we do that?
1: Yeah, we went off.
0: We talked yesterday.
1: <laughs> I know. But we've had so many oops, no bullshit episodes that I have been saving. Like, I really wanted to tell you how, how, da- how in the dumpster my previous station was. I've been like <laughs> gloating over it. And I had to tell somebody else who's in radio. Like, telling Chris was great. And I was like, oh, I, I want more of this. <laughs> I got to tell everybody I know.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. If you, uh, if you, uh, uh, What what was I saying? Uh, Last 36 minutes being almost exclusively research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before at all. Tim has never seen these episodes before. Episodes before in the last 12 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. You can also follow us and slide into our DMs on Instagram. It's no hugging underscore nolearning, where uh, if you follow us over there or on Twitter, you'll see my photoshops I made for our, uh, our, our recent episode and uh, me releasing it late. Putting myself on Homer Simpson's body. Did you see those? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> it was the first <laughs> I thing. I, it was the first <laughs> thing I thought of. Like, ah, I love these lazy uh, episode release Sundays. <laughs> it's Tuesday, Ted. Uh oh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. No hugging. Underscore. No learning on Instagram at no hugging on Twitter. If you like us a little bit, give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or a five star rating on Spotify. It really does help us out. Helps us find even more people to add on to our audience. If you like us a little bit more than that, maybe you've been listening for a while, you like us, you've already given us a a review, consider joining us over on Patreon. It's a $5 per month tier known as the It's a Hyundai, which gets you early and extended access to every single episode that we release. Extended access by sometimes of Three minutes to upwards of like thirty five minutes, which I think is what uh what today is gonna be like. Today's gonna be a little bit longer of uh, of bullshit. Oh yeah. Um we we also do movie reviews, we haven't done one in a little bit. Uh Tim and I have just been a little busy, so we yeah. will be getting We're back to those.
1: To, coming up to spooky season though, yeah. and I know we coming, love to do our, our spooky movie. and I got a good one. Yeah, I, I got I, a good suggestion for like awful Rotten Tomato score, great please, audience score please. movie. One of my favorites. I, I can't I,
0: wait. I'm for sure not going to be able to do a full month of spooky movies, but yeah. we might uh, <laughs> might be able to get might be able to get two, maybe at least one. We can do at least one for sure. Uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some out there in a little bit again, patreon.com slash no hugging only five bucks a month. You can sign up. Maybe, maybe it's your, your thing for a month or two. If, if that, if you're only on for a month, maybe you're only on for two months still. Thank you. That means, that means something to us. It really does. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Also, maybe you want to try podcasting out. You think, oh, these guys suck. I can do a better job than them. Or maybe we've inspired you to join a podcast. Consider joining over at libson.com and using promo code HUGGING where you can uh, do something. I'm sure, Tim, you might know more
1: than I do. Yeah, so I just found out because I realized in the last episode as we were kind of talking about this great deal that they didn't send in the initial email what you get out of using the code hugging. We of course get a little kickback when you use the code hugging, but I was like, why should they sign up? It's because when you use the promo code hugging, there is a promo to go along with the promo code. You get up to 2 months free. So maybe you were like, I want to dip my toe, want to dip my toe in the podcast arena. Um, then you can use the promo code hugging at Libsyn. And like I said, we've been with Libsyn since the beginning. My previous podcast, I signed up with Libsyn and I, and I knew that when I did another one, I was going to sign up with Libsyn again because it's super affordable. We get all of the uh, storage that we need. It, they distribute your podcast to everywhere that takes podcasts. We are literally everywhere. It's why we're on Spotify and iTunes and iHeart and all that stuff. And so they will help you do that with no problem whatsoever. And so if, you know, you get up to two months free when you use the promo code hugging, they have this, if you are doing a remote podcast with somebody, that's what we use as well. We use their connect call system, which uh, records uh, uh, separate tracks for me and Ted, or we'll mix them together. If, uh, if that works for you, and uh, and it's awesome. So again, go to Libsyn.com, use the promo code HUGGING, get up to two months free when you sign up with our promo code.
0: All of that being said, Season 8, Episode 6, The Hero. Original air date August 14th, 2011. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry plays the hero in the sky and underground, <laughs> comma, and Jeff's courtship of Ricky Gervais is sabotaged by a nosy waiter.
1: Huh. It's a little long, but I don't know. We we might not have to do anything to it. We'll see when we get to the end. Because <laughs> um, it does kind of ruin the end, but, but not yeah. really, because you don't know what's going on, you know? Yeah. But if you read that and then you saw where the end was taking place, you'd go, oh, well... I know what's going to happen now. So we open at LAX. And again, I can't tell you how confused I was. <laughs> because you watch this episode <laughs> instead of the last one. Yeah, because I watched this right after episode four instead of episode five when it's explained that Larry, in order to get out of doing an hour or so at a benefit, for his buddy Tesler, um, is moving to New York for three months with (laughs) Jeff and Susie, who are also moving to New York. And I got reasons for all of that in in the last episode, but I didn't know it at this point when I was taking these notes. So um, (laughs) they're on an airplane, and Larry is even eating his pink berry, which ties it into the last episode, Uh, when an attractive woman sits down next to Larry. And I like his little nonverbal communications to... Jeff and Susie, like Susie's like, well, okay. And Jeff's like, yeah, all right. Um <laughs> and Larry offers her pink berry.
0: <laughs> yeah, the pink berry that he is currently
1: eating. <laughs> one spoon. Yeah. One, sp- one,
0: spoon. <laughs> one spoon. Multiple digs into the pink berry. So he has been eating all around the cup.
1: Yeah. And she says, no, thank you. And then he looks back over at Jeff and Susie. And Susie like rolls her eyes. But I like Jeff's. Semi-sarcastic, like, good one, buddy. <laughs> like, I, like, uh, I like their nonverbal cues to each other. So in flight, Larry prompts a conversation. He tries again with the attractive woman by sliding her drink back across the uh, armrest, where she had, like, placed it kind of in the, uh, in the demilitarized zone between the two. And he's, like, kind of scoops it over. And she's like, what? what are, you, are you pushing my drink? He's like, it's uh, encroachment. You know, it's encroachment. It's a passenger penalty. Passenger penalty, um, which I thought was funny. Like, she thinks it's annoying, but I thought it was funny. (laughs) Um, It it doesn't get an awful reaction, but then Larry goes in for the kill with his A A material and says, oh, you know, shoelaces are getting longer. Have you noticed that? Woof.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy.
1: It reminds me of, and this wasn't a pickup line, but one of my favorite lines from the office is, gum is getting mintier. Have you noticed? (laughs) I just love that. <laughs> um, yeah, so shoelaces are getting longer these days, and that's when she rebuffs his advances and is like, "Yeah, you know, I, I just kind of want to read my magazine." He's like, and then he lets a beat, another beat pass, and he goes, "You know, I can do better. I can do better than this. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be back." He like gets up to like go collect himself. <laughs> this I thought was a very funny interaction, and I think Larry is right. Unfortunately, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's society that. Goes up to get use the bathroom in first class. It is occupied, so he goes into coach and a woman's like, Excuse me, can I ask where you're going? She's like, Oh, yeah, I was gonna use the bathroom. She's like, Oh, well, this is for coach passengers because I was up in first class and they told me I couldn't use that one. So this one's ours, and that one's. And he's like, I'm gonna use the bathroom. I don't know. I
0: I absolutely (laughs) love the nerve of this woman. I know. This character is incredible if if i was to encounter this person in real life it would be uh, a a different story (laughs) in the show just to stand up to larry incredible no notes
1: (sighs) totally agree for a one scene character she is maybe on the mount rushmore of curb one scene characters she is so good talking back and forth with larry (laughs) he's like and i think he's almost like you know I, i i agree with you but i and like i agree with his situation you can't go up. You can't upgrade yourself. You can downgrade yourself. Yes. It's like if you were at a baseball game and you had <laughs> owner's box tickets or you were like in the first row behind the dugout, you can go up to the nosebleeds if you want.
0: Yeah. The nosebleeds the can't nosebleeds, come behind home
1: plate. Yeah. If you're in the nosebleeds, you cannot just go into an owner's box. You can down you can go down in <laughs> class. You cannot go up in class. Like when you buy that first class ticket you buy Everything behind. Wow,
0: getting the cockpit, get, getting getting real there, Tim. You cannot go <laughs> down. You you cannot go up in class. You can go yeah. down in class. <laughs> yeah.
1: If Tim yeah, if Tim we Murphy, noted class. classist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, but uh, their back and forth is so funny. You just can't even because they. They eventually just devolve into, oh, poor woman and coach, no one, I can't do anything. And she is doing the same thing back to him until they're eventually just going, ah! <laughs> 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 like she it, this, this had to be written, right? Because if it was
0: all improv, this woman is an incredible improvisational actor.
1: I would venture to say they, they probably stumbled upon a, 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 like, a... Like a loose script that kind of yeah. works through a couple of takes of improv. I'm sure that it was supposed to go, I, I, but I wonder if on the day they found, oh, we're both going to do the Larry David, because he does that all the time. Oh, I'm a doctor. I can't stay open on Sundays or whatever. You know, <laughs> you can't bother the genius. He always does that. And yeah. so the fact that she picked up on it and started doing it back to him, I would venture if, to say that if, was probably improv. If, if, was th- if this was a first
0: take improv,
1: this woman <laughs> is incredible. They There's probably – you know escalated from take one to whatever this was but yeah i agree with you if this was the first take and they got it like amazing because yeah she's (laughs) i just yeah we can't say enough good things about how this actress held her own with larry david and and made an awesome impact i I do like when he's like i'm coachy i agree with you i'm not one of these first class people i am coachy so i can be back here he's like well you're not acting very coachy you're acting first classy uh, and so I, I just I love the whole thing. Uh, so while in the bathroom, this drunk passenger starts getting unruly with the stewardess, demanding another drink. He's obviously had, what what is he what is he calling her like? Is to he get saying ma'am attention? or miss? I, is it
0: is he? I, I think he's just like holding his cup up miss. and
1: going, miss yeah miss yeah miss <laughs> miss. And he's even like you know getting even a little physical with her, and and that's when Larry comes out of the bathroom trips over his shoelaces and tackles the passenger <laughs> who folds immediately and is like oh don't hurt me i'll be good i'll go back to my seat i'm sorry i'll go i'll go back yeah. to my seat Oh yeah. i mean mm-hmm. this guy did as much as he could do with the part but after what we just saw this guy was not great i hate to like <laughs> i hate to be you know i hate to be negative but You know, I I don't know. I just didn't buy I didn't buy his wimpy performance. I might have bought his drunk performance. So Larry at first is like, oh, sorry. I and then all of a sudden the the stewardess is like, no, you you saved me that you uh, he was he was out of line. And and even like (laughs) passengers around him start applauding and the whole plane is applauding. Even first class realizes what's going on at some point. So Larry takes total credit for being the hero in this situation. And I got to point out that we are less than one month away from the 10th anniversary of nine eleven. Do you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> that there's, uh, what, a plane joke? Like
0: a hero on a plane yeah, joke?
1: That, that there's, like, a, someone taking control mm. and, and attacking uh, a passenger who was, almost, you know, maybe going to cause a problem <laughs> or whatever. Uh, that Larry, you know... That this, that's where the seed of, of this came from. Like, oh, those guys got up and they crashed that plane. And I wonder what would happen if I was tested in that way. We can't obviously put Larry oh, in a high packing situation, but...
0: If it was closer to the 10th anniversary, I would say it was on purpose. I'm almost inclined to just say it was coincidental because like, oh, it, it was... 27 days until the 10th anniversary i'm like oh okay yeah and it's it's the number 27 (laughs) so it's the 27 club for for everyone that died on 9 11 (laughs) and if you take 9 plus 11 you get 18 what's 2 plus 7 it's 9 if you take 9 minus 1 you get 8 you add 10 to 8 you get 18 Where do half of those numbers come? No one fucking knows. It doesn't make any sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, and and obviously he was writing this probably the year ahead of it, but, but I still wonder if it, if it had anything to do with that there's a chance there's a chance you know i mean
0: you can do homework next week and say oh well actually it was on purpose it was for the 10th anniversary and then
1: i'm just you know every so often like find that out like the two things that we got wrong about yeah. officer krupke like what do you know
0: oh uh- no, it actually it actually was officer krupke fuck you yeah. like no fucking way
1: <laughs> uh, and i forget what the other thing we got wrong about that was we were like no way he he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about but so when larry sits back down you know accepting all this gratitude now donna introduces herself and larry ties his laces his giant super long laces as Susie gives him a knowing glance but no again no words are exchanged but suzy's like hmm. Uh, so larry wakes up in new york city that's at, at one point to me for no reason, but he's there. we know why he's there now. And he meets Jeff for breakfast at City Hall Restaurant, not City Hall, the administrative building. It was near there at 131 Dwayne Street in Tribeca. It closed December 31st, 2015, uh, after opening in <laughs> 1998. And get this, uh, City Hall served lunch to the homeless on Christmas Eve every year they were open. I know. Oh. Isn't that awesome? Wow, yeah. that's kind of cool. Uh, and, yeah. you know, in addition, they served a lot of the cli- – It was because it was close to the Real City Hall, they served a lot of that uh, clientele. And uh, Jeff and Larry are there, and only they know that he is an unintentional hero. But Donna is very impressed, as he uh, reiterates to Jeff. And Jeff sees Ricky Gervais in the restaurant, and he is doing a play in town. And Jeff's like, man, I would really love to sign him. I love how Jeff always talks about wanting to sign people, but we never actually know of any clients of his besides Larry. <laughs> yeah, we, we
0: don't. Okay, is Larry his client? Yeah, I think it's his manager. Do so we know that?
1: I'm going to say okay. yes, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't see Larry yeah, exactly. interact with anybody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, it, I, guess, I guess so. It just comes up a lot. That he's like, oh, man, I would love to sign that guy. I, it, it is always just an excuse to have a guest star on. But he's doing a play in town called Mr. Simmington or something like that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Simmington. And Larry's like, well, you know, send him a bottle of wine, you know, break the ice. And it's at that point that a waiter like materializes out of nowhere. It's like, you'd like to send a bottle of wine to Mr. Gervais? And they're like, "Uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Out of nowhere he shows up. Larry mentions waiters, they pop up out of nowhere and they eavesdrop. They probably know everybody's personal details uh, because of, of the way they're able to move in and out of situations like that. And then as the waiter passes back by, he tells him that Ricky ordered a $300 bottle of wine and he's enjoying it with Chris Parnell, who's not really Chris Parnell. We'll find out later. But uh, I did recognize the uh, SNL (laughs) alum uh, sitting at the table with Ricky Gervais. So $300 bottle. And Larry's like, can you believe this guy? And Jeff's like, would you just play it cool so that, you know, maybe I can sign him. I just don't make a big deal out of it. But they're also starving While their food is dying in the window, which is a term I know because I watch a lot of Hell's Kitchen and and other Gordon Ramsay shows. (laughs) So their food's just sitting there waiting to be picked up by the waiter while the waiter is schmoozing with Ricky Gervais. And so Larry's like, I'll go get it. And Jeff's like, if you do that, you're a hero. So Larry's going to be a hero twice over. Because he goes up and brings the food (laughs) back, which Jeff cracks up at. Jeff's dying. I love when you can convince. Jeff's dying. Later gets back to the table, so I'll fold into peer pressure, no problem. Someone's like, "Yeah, do that. That'd be funny." Like, "Oh, okay, anything for a laugh." And like, or even if they don't tell me, it'd be funny. It's like, "Yeah, it'd be (laughs) totally normal." That's what that's the way Jeff sells it. When he comes back, he's cracking up because it's so audacious, and which I thought was was a hilarious way to sell it to him. Like. If you do that, you're a hero. And then he comes back and he's laughing at him. You know, uh, then the waiter comes by. He's like, where'd you get that food? He's like, oh, uh, I went up and got it from the window. He's like, oh, usually that's... The, I'm the waiter and the waiter is like... And this was such a great turn of phrase by Larry. He's like, and yet... We were the ones waiting. So we, so I became the waiter. Ooh. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised the waiter didn't just like shrivel into one of those little weeds, like from the Little Mermaid at that point. Like, what a world. Like that was devastating. <laughs> like, well, we were the ones waiting. So I became the waiter. What a blow. Uh, so over at Koi, which is in the Bryant Park Hotel at 40 West 40th Street in Midtown, where it's been serving up sushi since 2005. That's not their slogan, but I think it's good. Serving up sushi since 2005. It's classy. They also have a restaurant in LA, so Larry could go there anytime, and one in Vegas. I think I've heard that people. Hmm. I think I've heard like David Spade and Dana Carvey talk about this on Fly on the Wall. I think they. You know, it's one of the places they go. Oh yeah, we were at Koi. We, it was you and me and Bill Hader, and then. Uh, you know, I can't think of another uh, Eddie Murphy showed up and we all and then Lauren showed up. And uh, I feel like Coy pops up on that podcast every now and then. I feel like it might be a, a, a David Spade haunt. Larry's on a date with Donna and she <laughs> compares his heroism to Sully Sullenberger landing a plane in the Hudson. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Fuck all
1: the way off. <laughs> Which again, Larry is he's like,
0: not 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 in a reverence way, not in a way of like, how dare you? But
1: just in a goddamn it way. Yeah. Larry even, he's like, huh, I, I never made the Sully connection, but I guess you're right. Um, and she is so impressed. She wants to tell the world. And Larry's got a great line here for being on a date. He's like, you know, you know, and, and that's enough for me. Oh my God. Larry has game when he wants it. Damn. Yeah. Where was where his game the last, I don't know, <laughs> seven and a half seasons? Yeah, exactly. Every so often. Um, he kind of had game when he was, you know, when he landed Lucy Lawless. That was another point. And when even he, he pointed out, he was like, "I don't that's know where it came true. from." He was that's like, "True." Uh, you know, he was like, "I was so cool. I don't know what happened." Uh, but that's another great line uh, that she, you know, completely hooked, line, and sinker. And it, he's like, "I always wondered what would happen if I." was tested like that. We learned the only other time Larry was tested. And by the way, he wasn't even really tested this time. So the only time Larry was tested was after the World Series game and he rode a very crowded subway uh, train. And that was as much as Larry has been tested in his life, uh, that he didn't freak out or something. I don't know what he was supposed to do on on a crowded subway train, but the fact that he held it together on a crowded subway train after a World Series game. <laughs> that's that's the only time he's been tested. And so the date's going very well. Meanwhile, Larry makes the... Uh, after that, he makes the two-and-a-half-mile trek to the East Village from Midtown to Ven- Venieros, I'm going to say it is called. It is a... Yeah, I'm not e- not sure. I-, I had trouble, like, making out what yeah, it said, too. V-E-N-I-E-R-O apostrophe S. Venieros. Patisserie and cafe. At 342 East 11th Street, it opened in 1884. My God gosh. damn, okay, yeah. okay. So they've been in the game for a while. And Larry wants to pick up some bread. Again, very Costanza-like, because remember the dinner party when, when well, George wants to bring ring ding and Pepsi's, uh, ring ding and Pepsi instead of wine. He doesn't want to bring <laughs> wine, he wants to bring Pepsi. <laughs> and then he doesn't want to bring bread, he wants to bring ring dings from the store they get the Pepsi at. And... But Larry's like everybody brings wine. I bring bread, which I think is a cool move for a dinner party. I don't get why everyone. I think down it is too. That. Absolutely, you're already someone's gonna be there that
0: brought wine. Yeah,
1: the host is gonna have wine that they bought. People are gonna have wine that they brought. The host is probably gonna have bread too. But bring extra bread. Everyone who doesn't like bread, I think it's such an awesome uh, move. And despite what Susie says later, by the way, it does go with everything. And Yeah, what doesn't go with bread? What the fuck? Exactly. I've got something to say about that when we get there. Yeah. I can eat bread with fucking Oreos if I want to. <laughs> yeah. But this reminds me, oh, this also reminds me in the Costanza way of the marble rye. Uh, you know, the, the parents brought the marble rye to dinner with Susan's family and then brought it home when they didn't open it up and put it out. Um, and, and George had to, you know, bring it back up with the fishing line. Um, so all, you know, all of that has to, you know, it, it's, it's all wound in there. Uh, so over at the party, so here's where Susie is unimpressed with the bread. What, what do you mean bread? People brought wine. She also says people brought nuts. Like, what are you? She just, you can tell she just had to think of one more thing that someone could bring to a dinner party besides bread that, and and her point falls apart immediately, not just because of the nuts, but she's like, I don't want you don't guide. Don't impose your will on my menu for the night. Maybe I don't want to serve bread, but I'm like, wine does that because certain wines go with certain foods, even more than bread goes with every food. You don't, want yeah, red wine I would I would be more
0: like so me bringing yeah granted I don't really drink wine I, I say I don't really drink wine like I drink <laughs> it a little bit no I just I just don't <laughs> drink wine but I know that you know red wine goes with uh what like uh red meat I know white wine goes more uh, with like a chicken or a fish or something Thank uh I, I I think anyway yeah but I, I try if to you don't know what the person is wine. serving. You I try to match the color serving, of the wine to yeah. the
1: color of the food. That's kind of the the rule there of thumb. In case you don't know, yeah. <laughs> but I agree. So if you brought red wine, she's like, "Oh well, we're having fish tonight. So thanks for imposing your wine choice on my. No one's going to drink this. It's going to taste horrible together. Yeah. But bread goes but with bread anything.
0: goes with everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, here's why I wrote down NYC place question mark Why do Jeff and Susie have an NY- have a place in New York yeah. City? I guess they just have a place in L. A. and a place in New York, and they're here for no reason. <laughs> What an idiot. Then Ricky Gervais shows up. He's been invited to the dinner party. And the gift that he has brought is the Extras DVD. His HBO show oh Extras God. <laughs> On DVD. Which... Yeah, that'll be great as a as a second course, Ricky. <laughs> I know. Um, and, and Susie, I think to get Larry's goat a little bit, kind of is like, oh, this is the funniest show in the history of television. And Larry, creator of, co-creator <laughs> of Seinfeld, is like, Uh, it's funny i mean i you know i don't know about in the history of you know what would be a good
0: plus up on this yeah is if like in in addition to like susie saying this is the funniest show in history of television larry says something like well you know seinfeld was on network tv so at least people saw it knowing that obviously this show's also on hbo
1: (laughs) oh yeah that would have been that would have been hilarious
0: Because, I mean, the, the Simpsons does that shit all the time for Fox.
1: I love their Fox digs. Like, in the, so in the,
0: uh, in the early days. I don't think they've done that in a long time, though.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly... I know in the early days of this podcast, I used to still watch every episode. But now I'm easily, like, two or three seasons behind, at least. Yeah, I would hope they're still making fun of Fox. Because Fox has, you know, even kind of morphed over the years but who knows that all that being said extras is one of the funniest shows ever on tv i'll say i really i still quote it to this day and it was absolutely hilarious um, especially as a follow-up to something as huge as the office but it's not one of the funniest shows well i guess you could say it's not the funniest show in the history of tv as susie says it is one of the funniest tv shows in the history of tv but that list is thousands long you know (laughs) yeah I probably yeah. name a thousand funny shows that I like. But uh, Ricky, he starts off giving Larry, he's like, oh, well, look, Seinfeld, of course, is is great. I mean, but then he gets to dig <laughs> in where he's like, I love broad comedy, uh, not, <laughs> not niche, intelligent comedy like mine is, of course, uh, implying that. And, and he also says, he's like, I, I like that it has a laugh track to remind you when to laugh. We didn't do that. Oh, my
0: God.
1: <laughs> That's a good fucking line. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, and so as Susie walks off, Larry calls out, Ricky's wearing this, like, white scarf over a black T-shirt. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, I have to keep my throat warm because, I, you know, I'm on stage and I have to project. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the scarf is tied so loosely, it doesn't even go above his T-shirt collar. Like, it's not touching his throat at all. (laughs) Just the
0: back of it, you know, that's on the back of his neck. It's not keeping his throat warm. It's
1: keeping the back of his neck warm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Larry's like, well, it just looks a little affected. And Ricky's like, you know, I thought about that. But, you know, one person thinking it's affected a thousand people entertained, ooh, you know, kind of got to measure. I like the way they play off of each other backhand with backhanded insults and stuff like that. And, and Ricky is a talented improviser. I mean, you have to give the guy credit for, like, inventing the form that, like, every sitcom aped from the time The Office premiered to this day. Like, you can't make a sitcom without having, you know, uh, uh, one-shots and, what do they call them? Like, cutaways?
0: Um, Not cutaways, but, those? like...
1: Yeah, the... I forget. Oh, Talking Heads—that's yeah. what they call him. On, on, uh, yeah. You can't. I mean, that. I mean, he invented the workplace comedy in the way that yeah, it like is right the, now. The, the Talking like, Head
0: one shots, and also like the the cam Oh, we're gonna cut to to this person, and we're gonna zoom in on their face really quick. Oh, we're gonna cut to this person and zoom yeah. out. Like all that shit the is exactly the style, same. Yeah,
1: yeah. The documentary style workplace comedy is the blueprint now, and he. I, I mean, I don't know if you want to say came up with it, but I mean he popularized it at least. Like, I can't think of anything before The Office that, that did that. Um, I mean, you may be able to point to something like Christopher Guest who was doing it in the movies um, where a document, a fake documentary is being made. But, I mean, it's, you know, no one started aping it after all of that. It was like, everything was a copy of The Office mm-hmm. from The Office UK to The Office US to Parks and Rec, you know, to the that, I think that American Auto Show was even like that recently. Superstore was like that, right? Didn't they have little um Talking heads? Uh, they didn't have talking no. heads. But it was it was at least a similar form anyway. It was like everything yes. every comedy takes place in a workplace now. I mean, Modern Family you could say is almost the same kind of thing where it's like, all right, it's not a workplace comedy, it's a family comedy, but we're still gonna have talking heads, you know, and we're gonna film it like documentary style where this is their lives, you know, and it's gonna seem less scripted and stuff. So yeah, that was that was all pretty much Ricky Gervais, and so the fact that he was on Curb made total sense uh, at the time. And I, and I like the way they play off each other. So the, the play is a drama, by the way, which Ricky is in. And it's, you know, a, a very heavy drama about World War One. He, he says that Larry should come to the play tomorrow. Jeff and Susie are going to be there. Larry tries to duck the invite because he says, oh, you know, Donna can't make it. So And he's like, well, that's okay. You can come by yourself. You can't talk to her for three and a half hours anyway, right? And he's like, that's how long the play is. Three and a half hours? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He, and then Larry even brings up, he's like, I'll leave uh, the tickets at Will Call for you. And Larry brings up the wine. He's like, did you enjoy that wine? And Larry's like, oh, and Ricky's like, oh, yes, thank you so much. It was delicious. And he's like, don't you think $300 was a little? And Ricky's like, uh, you know, I didn't even look at the price. Um, you know, I feel like, and, and Larry's like, you feel like if you take a survey of people and Ricky's like, why would you do that? <laughs> like If you take a survey, people would probably go, oh, I wouldn't want to take advantage. That would be taking advantage of the situation if someone said, I'll buy you a bottle of wine, and you pick the most expensive one, but Ricky doesn't – they they don't see eye to eye over that, and so they kind of get an argue over the price of gifts and whether or not they should be – because he's not like, oh, well, I gave her a DVD, and, uh, you know, by the way, it costs $30 or whatever he says. (laughs) He's like, you know, you just don't do that. Price doesn't come into it. Uh, And so dinner is starting, and Susie is doing something different. She's separating the couples. It's kind of different and fun. And so I'm separating the couples, which, by the way, you know, there's people like Susie out there that are listening and go, oh, that is fun because you want to mingle. No, don't do this. If you're having a wedding, if you're throwing a party where there are assigned seats, people want to sit with their friends. People don't want to mingle with strangers at your wedding or wherever you are. We don't care about who your friends of friends are. We want to talk to the people we came with because I know... People have like tried this at weddings and they're like, no, oh, everyone's gonna sit with different people and we're gonna introduce our friends to each other. Like, no. We wanna sit with our friends. We wanna yeah. sit with Ch- people we know.
0: Chances are you've got multiple groups of friends that are separate for a reason.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you probably wouldn't call to hang out at any other point. And just because you're at, at some other table by yourself, uh, doesn't mean nobody else can be who they wanna hang be with who they wanna hang out with. Just either don't use place cards or let people sit. or or, you know sit people at tables where they're going to know people yeah don't
0: and that's what you remember that's what we did for our reception is we just let people sit wherever they wanted to sit
1: yes which allowed my family my loud ass family to remove themselves from yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. we can sit back here where we're not as loud (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I, i think
0: i think we had one may did we have a reserve table just for our family maybe maybe not i don't remember but, maybe like that yeah. AS
1: table up front they sat at, kind of. That's where they sat, maybe? I don't know.
0: Mm, maybe I, I I don't remember. I, I've uh, wiped, that <laughs> from, wiped that day from my memory.
1: It was pretty recently, though. You just had an anniversary. <laughs> I thought it, it all. popped up in my memories. Maybe a month ago, less than uh,
0: that. Le- less than that. Uh, hmm. The fifteenth of oh, this there month. There you
1: go. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was. I knew. It, I knew I'd seen it. I knew I'd seen that. Yeah. So Larry is not sitting next to Donna. Donna is sitting next to Ricky. And by the way, Jeff and Susie are sitting together. But Larry has to go to sit next to Hank, aka Chris Parnell. And Hank is the husband of the British actress who also was down at the end of the table with Ricky. And Hank thought Larry. This is a weird. I don't know what this. Hank thought Larry was Spanish. And he's glad he is not Spanish because he's not a fan of the Spanish. Spanish. The Spanish people. <laughs> yeah. Because he was picked on by Spanish speaking children, I guess, as a kid. He doesn't know where what they were the from. Fuck? He just knows. What is going yeah, on he's, here? Like. He's racist against yes. Hispanic yes. people. Absolutely. <laughs> it was, like... his, was his convo opener. <laughs> and
0: also, in what world does Larry David look like a
1: Spaniard? Yeah, excellent point. He's the whitest man on the planet. Um, everything about him. There's nothing swarthy or ethnic about him at all. No, no, there is not. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was weird. At the other end of the table, while Larry is listening to this racist guy, the other end of the table is just whooping it up, making like having a good time, but also making fun of Larry's hard crust bread. Uh, and Larry, I agree with Larry again. It's supposed to be crusty. It's supposed to be. you're supposed to maybe toast it and put some butter on it to soften it up. But I know what he's talking about. Like that hard ass dinner bread. That's a thing, you know. Again, Larry is is correct. Like baguettes, they're hard as hell, and that's just the way they are. I, I can't tell you why. It's just bread. Culture. There's a yeast joke nah. in there somewhere. Yeah, because there's, Culture. there's, there's cultures. I don't know. The,
0: the bacteria in the exactly. yeast that, that causes it to rise. No, yeah. I, I get you. I get you.
1: Yes. Uh, Larry <laughs> tries to elevate uh, Hank's racist small talk to medium talk by asking him, How's your marriage? And at first, Hank is put off. He's like, What kind of question is, is that? And Larry's like, I'm trying to elevate. To medium talk, and he's like, "Well, it's it's fine." (laughs) And then Larry's next question is, "How often do you have sex?" He's so put and off by <laughs> the totally just, normal
0: yeah. question of, oh, how's your how's your marriage? He wants to go back to having a racist rant against Spanish people.
1: <laughs> Here are some other races I hate. <laughs> Hank tells Larry that they have sex almost never. And <laughs> Larry at this point has had enough. He hears more you know, hooting and hollering from the other end of the table. And he gets up and he, he storms over there and he accuses Jeff and Susie of fixing the whole thing. <laughs> He's like, you got this cool table down here, and Jeff's like, cool table. What are you in high school? But I think I, did, does I, he even
0: give him the credit of saying high school? I think he says, are you in third grade?
1: Are you in third grade? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think he's got Jeff and Susie dead to rights because he also he's like, yes. oh, you two get to sit together, and she's like, it's my it's my potty. He's like, no, no, you put everyone cool down here and you put everyone you don't like down at the other end of the table. And case in point, Exhibit A is Larry is as far from Susie as you could get. Yeah, yeah. G-
0: given this and, I mean, obviously what happens later on in the episode, I think this may be
1: the most insufferable Susie episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because right here in this instance, so right as Larry is, is doing, a Hank gets up and comes down to the other end of the table. He trips and spills wine on Ricky Gervais and his $500 scarf, as we find out, which uh, Hank says he will replace. Um, and he's like, I'm sorry, I tripped on my shoelaces. They're so long now. And Susie's like, oh, that's exactly what happened to Larry David on the plane. Yeah, just totally like, blows up his spot. Yeah. At any point in that, super long sentence but you didn't you just blew up his spot right then right in front of donna <laughs> um, yeah which i still think larry could have lied his way out of of that like what are you talking about no i tackled that guy but maybe the seed of doubt maybe he could tell it it, it had already been it had already taken root in uh, donna's mind um and so over at the lyceum theater which is still at 149 west 45th street in the theater district it is the oldest continually operating they have this caveat though the oldest continually operating legitimate theater (laughs) in New York City Okay. which makes me now want to know what the oldest continually operating theater overall legitimate or illegitimate is yeah what's the Hmm. illegitimate theater that's been running longer than the Lyceum theater which was built in 1903 by the way so coming up on or we are in the uh, what 120th anniversary of the Lyceum Theater. Pretty nice. Uh, Pretty nice run there. The last thing it showed, so it's not showing anything right now, Grey House was the last thing that was showing there. A horror play with Tatiana Maslany and Paul, the hilarious Paul Sparks from boardwalk empire Mm. he played mickey doyle in that show and i loved every second he was was my favorite character and um i'm guessing that because this was like a horror play or whatever he was not funny in it maybe but who knows gray house flopped and it only ran it was supposed to run from may of this year until september and it closed in june so it ran for a month and then closed uh but by the way the lyceum theater was also where oh hello oh my god okay yeah i know which i finally caught on netflix and was absolutely hilarious i mean those guys are just drop dead funny and over at the lyceum theater there that is where larry tells jeff and susie that donna is just so cold to him since you know she found out what really happened larry blames susie of course and the ticket has been left at the front desk for Larry. And that'll be $200. Uh, uh, it's not a comp ticket. He, he actually left a reserve ticket for Larry that he has to pay oh for. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I
0: would have walked out. Like I would re- have
1: walked out. Oh, Absolutely. me too. Absolutely.
0: Like, if you're, like, I would Never. not have gone and seen this show, but you're telling me, oh, I'll leave a ticket for you. That means I'm going to leave a free ticket for you. I'm going to cover your ticket. I'm the star of the show. I'm going to leave you a comped ticket.
1: The free tickets that I get for every show, you get one of them. Uh, but no, that's, uh, that's not what the case is. And I think he, he could have even stuck it to Ricky later with like, um, oh, you know, yeah, they tried to charge me $200 for it. I guess they don't think you're you know the star i guess they don't even though you're a star they probably don't know who you are or something like that Or, or um or they made a mistake or you know and and make ricky say that like oh no the ticket wasn't free like he probably wouldn't have minded that but i think you could have had the high ground there and as but larry does pay and go in and susie wants the aisle seat so larry has to sit next to jeff in between Susie and jeff yeah even though and
0: larry makes the point he's like no my my ticket the one that i'm holding is the one with the aisle seat
1: exactly yeah it's like no we have to sit and she's like no they're the house seats we can sit wherever we want in whatever order it doesn't matter and he's like i purposefully took the seat that was for me um and he's like and i love the point that he brings up too oh last night oh we split up the couples oh uh, but we have to sit together oh but tonight we want to split up yeah i love that <laughs> he brought up that sort of double standard there and Larry and Susie continue to fight as the play starts. The lights dim and the play starts. And even Jeff is like, I loved his, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like his, yeah, just the, his the whisper. whisper fighting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Just, the, the, just the, 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 the yelling back and forth. Like, no, you fucking shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. That was so good. And, and uh, just an incredible shot of Ricky looking off the stage and kind of scanning the crowd. Obviously, he can't make out specific faces because of the lights, but he can hear the whisper fighting. and it's
1: totally distracting him as the play starts. He's, like, missing lines and cues and and stuff like that and and kind of fumbling over and obviously not in the performance. And then you can hear the whisper fighting going on. And I agree, that was a beautiful shot of of his point of view, like, looking in and just seeing shadows and, and spotlights in his face and stuff um and so backstage ricky's upset <laughs> this was a funny line from him he's like oh my gosh that was the worst i'd ever been it was easily a nine out of ten <laughs> <laughs> like i i can see myself stealing that later on a million percent like I'll, I'll <laughs> he's like yeah well normally i'm 10 out of 10 but that was the worst ever so it was nine out of ten <laughs> um, larry says that he enjoyed oklahoma better than Mr. Simmington, which which Ricky calls bubblegum and, you know, whatever he says, slop for the masses or something like that. But Larry is like, oh, what a... He, he recites in like a slam poetry way. Oh, what a beautiful yeah. morning. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful day. Uh, is, okay. is Mr. Simmington a real play? I don't think so. Okay. I didn't even... Yeah.
0: I, I was just going to bring up because like R- Ricky's is obviously... Touting this as high art concept yeah, yeah. drama, just the opening line so fucking bad. Cause uh, Anna, we we learn her name. Anna uh, walks in. She's the character who plays. Uh, I don't know if it's Mr. Simmington's <laughs> wife or or, uh, or, or 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 his maid yeah. or something. But have you heard the news? Yes, I've heard. It's not. Every day that Archduke Franz
1: Ferdinand
0: is assassinated. (laughs) Like what the fuck? Oh my god. I know so bad. That was hilarious. It's like
1: that that awful exposition as dialogue. (laughs) You know, of course I've heard it's in the paper. (laughs) it's not every day (laughs) wars to be had yeah just hilarious Um, so it's obviously garbage Larry talks to him back he's like wow must get you know kind of exhausting it's pretty amazing you have to do all that fake crying and Ricky says they're real tears he's like well if you feel it it's real Mm -hmm. he's really crying Uh, but Larry doubts that he has any that they're actually real tears and even brings up at this point the ticket cost he's like wow it was like they charged me $200 and I like Ricky's response oh you thought it'd be more (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> for like such an amazing play honestly for those seats those seats at a broadway show are like a thousand those seats, those probably say. should have been oh, more yes <laughs> yeah like those probably should so maybe larry did get like the actor's discount like even the theater is like no we don't give out free tickets your people's tickets are 200 dollars. like that is the deal um because if you're sitting in that area of a broadway show uh, y- yeah you, you've got money larry is like i gave you a gift of a wine bottle i didn't make you pay for that and he's like i gave you the gift of art for your 200 dollars. <laughs> he's like it's amazing every time i give you a gift it costs me money or something like that whatever he says they run into the actress who's acting alongside ricky gervais and hank's wife and she yells at larry for talking about her marriage during the dinner party and says by the way i fuck my husband four or five times a week <laughs> so why don't you shove that up your ass or something like that she says and i always like larry's response when he gets it told off In that way it, it, he doesn't say it here i wish he would have said the huh because i think i said last time i hope they make that a catchphrase when he gets told off like huh you know? <laughs> but he, he had a perfect chance <laughs> to do it here but he doesn't do it uh, so back over at the city hall restaurant jeff is as he feels so close to signing ricky gervais uh luckily he has no clue that it was them three making the commotion during the play but as Jeff is saying that boom the waiter materializes the same one before even though they're in a different section <laughs> and he gets kind of snarky but you know he says like oh that's water under the bridge the whole getting the food thing yeah you don't have to worry about that uh then Hank comes in and Larry goes over to him and says oh you know uh Ricky owes me 500 bucks for the bottle of wine and the tickets you know, you can just give me the five dollars you five hundred you were, were going to give him for the scarf, and we'll call it even. But Ricky comes in, and you know, Hank runs that plan by him, and Ricky comes over, and I, we do get one of Larry's catchphrases here, where he goes, "No good," because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hank's like, "Hey," he says, "I should just give you the five hundred dollars," and Ricky looks at him and laughs, and he goes, "No good." So at least we got that. Uh, and the waiter also tells Ricky or told Ricky when he came in that it was Larry and Jeff and Susie making the commotion during the play. So no way he would let Jeff represent him at this point. Uh, He also says that Donna was right about Larry. And he's like, what, wait, what'd you say?
0: (laughs) So he has to deny seeing Donna
1: at this point.
0: He has to deny seeing Donna, but then Larry asks him again. And he even says again, I said, Donna was right. So you've been talking (laughs) to Donna. (laughs) No, no,
1: (laughs) no, And we get the first stare down in a while. I uh, can't think of the yeah. last one that we got, but, but we do. And uh, Larry gets up. What did I say? Oh, Larry gets up to get his food again from the window, I guess. So back over at Viniero's, Larry is picking up some bread when he sees Donna with Ricky enjoying a nice night out. And he follows them to the subway and gets on a different car, but through the windows, sees them getting mugged. And so Larry sees his super crusty baguette, sneaks up. ...on the thief and beats him with the bread, returning the <laughs> items to Donna and Ricky, an actual veritable hero, and even has like a cool parting line... Oh, my uh, God, yeah. yeah. What was it? I, I didn't write it down oh, for some reason. I, I, I didn't write down the line, but the way I wrote
0: it in my notes was, Larry absolutely big dicks Ricky Gervais <laughs> yes.
1: until his
0: shoelace gets caught in the door of the train and it starts dragging him down the track.
1: Yeah, he starts running alongside as Frolic starts to play, <laughs> and that is the end of the episode i do want to mention uh looking at the credits though donna was played by samantha mathis who is mm-hmm. on billions these days if you watch that show i think on showtime but she was also daisy in the 1993 super mario brothers movie with bob oh. hoskins and john Logazamo. yeah i know wow i didn't know that yeah i thought that was pretty amazing but uh <laughs> yeah uh i just i i looked her up briefly at the end of the episode so that is it All right. Uh, What do we got for homework this week? You know, I didn't write anything down. Nothing? No.
0: Wow. Okay. I I know. All right. Uh, What do you like for cover art this week? (sighs) I mean, maybe
1: Larry tackling the guy in in midair or. On the plane, you mean? Yeah, on the plane. Somehow get an action shot, maybe. What else is there? I mean, something with Ricky would be, you know, would probably be more uh, desirable, but I don't know what, in what instance they share a scene that would be good in this way what are you thinking
0: i i wish there was a wide shot in the subway car of larry beating the fuck out of the mugger while ricky and donna are looking on so you can see everyone but there is not
1: yeah uh yeah i know that that would be good too uh man i i don't know i do want to see hang on i'm trying to find curb hero hang on i are just you gotta
0: what max uses
1: no, I'm. Uh, yeah, because I don't think they used anything good, did they?
0: They use. Let me see. It's the uh, image of Larry, Jeff, and Susie back in Ricky's dressing room. That's it.
1: Oh, but not Larry, But not Ricky. I mean. No, not Ricky. Yeah, that's no good. But uh, by the way, so here's the big dick line that Larry says. So he hands their um, belongings back to them. By the way, counting the the money that the mugger almost got away with, he goes, "What do you know? Five hundred dollars." <laughs> and he hands the money back to him. And then he goes, see you around. Oh, and you're right about the bread, Simmington. It is hard. And then the door is closed. God damn. On his shoelace. But yeah, I know. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, something with, I mean, maybe just Larry and Ricky at the dinner party or something.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll find something yeah. that works. But there's, I can't think of a good wide shot really in this episode at all.
1: Yeah, I know. I think there is, like, a two-shot of them, uh, you know, when they're talking when Ricky first gets there, but maybe not even that. I don't know. Yeah, this is a tough one. Tough one. Tough. 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 I'll find something that works, though. All
0: right. All right, let's see what we can do about this week's description. So we had Larry plays the hero in the sky and underground, and Jeff's courtship of Ricky Gervais is sabotaged by a nosy waiter.
1: How do you feel about it? I mean, I I don't hate it. It's just long.
0: It's long. I
1: don't love it. Um, I mean, we could even just, because it is sabotaged by a nosy waiter, and the sabotage is successful. I I can't think of any way, I honestly can't think of any way to make it better.
0: I, I wish the uh, sabotage was kept a secret. So could we just change it to uh, Jeff courts Ricky Gervais? Yeah. I mean, Jeff, uh, you could even say Je- like... Jeff, Jeff tries to represent Ricky Gervais?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think courts. I, I like that word for it. You know, because he is... Here's the way IMDb summarizes it. It's kind of the same. Larry accidentally becomes a hero on the flight to New York, earning him the respect of the woman sitting next to him, but it backfires when Jeff and Susie try to court Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's not that great. Mm, nah. Uses the same word, though, even. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Jeff courts... Wait, what does it say about... What's the second part again? <laughs> uh, Jeff's
0: courtship of Ricky oh. Gervais is sabotaged by a nosy waiter.
1: Jeff's courtship of Ricky Gervais... Sabotage by a nosy waiter yeah i mean it does give it away that so yeah i mean i think what about just jeff courts ricky gervais i, I yeah. don't think that yeah i like that yeah. okay yeah cool. that lets us know because it doesn't say jeff courts a new client Parentheses guest star Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't do that to us.
0: That's that's <laughs> much more a Seinfeld thing that I'm noticing because I mean yeah. we're we're seven and a half seasons into Curb and I don't think they've done that once. I feel like we've seen that, but maybe not.
1: Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't or, know maybe that maybe I'm we conflating. Have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Tim, did you like this episode?
1: Eh. Uh, if I could, t- if I could take one of Larry's occasional catchphrases. Eh, eh. It was very below average to me. Yeah. Uh, below I... the average set by um, whatever. Oh, the smiley face. Yeah. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it enough the first time. The second time I watched it, which I did because I watched this a week ago um, to refresh myself, I, I fell asleep by the end. Mm, like when okay. I woke up, the next episode was playing. Uh, and I don't want to watch the episodes out of order again, so I stopped yeah. it right there. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that says a lot—the fact that I was like, I, "I, this isn't funny enough or interesting enough the second time for me to stay awake." So, very below average. What about you?
0: Um, I'm, I'm uh, really in the same range too. I, I gave it a star low because I, I, I did ah. like it. I did feel like it was fun, even though I fucking hate Ricky Gervais. I I I just don't I don't you like him. You just always dislike him. Yeah, I just have always disliked Ricky Gervais, and anytime anyone says, "Well, oh, he was good in the original Office," I've never seen the original Office. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to watch the original Office. I've only seen a season and a half of the the U.S. Office. Uh, but any, <laughs> anyway, I just do not like Ricky Gervais. Um, but I still gave this episode a star low. It's going to be low in the star lows. So there's. No way it makes it into my top three, but it is star star Lolo. It'll make (laughs) an honorable mention. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I was solidly a Ricky Gervais fan. I'm sure at this point. And I mean, I've, I've soured on him a little bit only because he's gone in that, like, Bill Maher, I'm still liberal, but hey, I'm just asking questions about trans people and they just happen to be, and and Dave Chappelle, like, that way that's like, hey, I'm not transphobic, but I'm just saying they shouldn't exist. Like, oh man, come on.
0: like. I'm yeah. not look. I'm not saying they shouldn't exist. I'm just saying that people <laughs> should actively hunt them down for sport.
1: Yeah. Like, whoa. 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 Like I, I'm just saying they be, I'm just saying they should be mocked openly and you know driven to you know self harm and stuff like that. Like that should be and and that really because I thought he was he probably is smart. Like just like Dave Chappelle and and Bill Maher. Like I, they're probably smart guy and Russell Brand. Which, by the way, like, extra controversy noted there, besides his recent alt-right leanings. Um, (laughs) But, like, they probably are smart dudes, you know? Like, you can't go, oh, they're dumb, except for when you look at, like, what they believe and say. You know, it's like, but they, but, but it's like, I know he's intelligent because of what he, you know, because of the way that, of the media of his that I have consumed. But I'm like, just lately, you know, I'm like, you know, you can be a fan of somebody, you know, you can watch and like Forgetting Sarah Marshall and go, but you know what, I'm not a Russell Brand fan. <laughs> you know, he's fine in this movie. He plays this part well or whatever you want to say, you know. And so I like extras. I like the original office. I like some of his early even stand-up stuff, but I also think he thinks and I when, even when I was a fan of him, I agree with this. He thinks way too highly of himself. Yes. He did he did the office and thought he belonged in the Mount Rushmore of comedy immediately. Like he put himself on the same level as a Jerry Seinfeld or a Larry <laughs> David. Or what? Like, I remember he did a comedy special with on HBO with Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., again, controversy noted, we have to always, um, <laughs> and, and him, and it was about, like, comedy theory, and it was just four dudes getting around and talking, and I was like, you don't belong in this room, and you're talking Ooh. like you do. Like, it would be fine with just those three, and I don't know, throw Larry David in there, throw, I don't know, whatever, Colin Quinn, Kevin Nealon, um, Norm Macdonald would have been amazing on that special. But no, it was like Ricky Gervais is like, yeah, I, I belong here. Here's what I think about comedy. And we're all on the same level. It's like, man, nah, nah, dog. <laughs> um, so that I, I will say that about him. But I thought he played well. I thought his style played well against Larry David. And I like that sort of backhanded the way of, of writing that he that he kind of brings to everything, uh, especially in extras where he you know kind of played a loser. But you know wrote all the lines for people making fun of him and stuff i like his uh, writing partner who that you know they haven't worked together in a long time Stephen merchant i think he's a stand-up <laughs> guy and i still like him you know i don't think there's any controversy there
0: yeah <laughs> oh my gosh uh, okay uh well anyway next week we have got season eight episode seven seven tim seven okay i'll uh-huh. make
1: sure i know how it starts so <laughs> i'll make, I'll make uh-huh. sure i watch the right one
0: Episode seven, the bisexual. Original air date August twenty first, twenty eleven. Uh, one of the only episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm I had seen prior to us doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. I, I had seen this one and one other.
1: I so, didn't know that. Yeah, What's the other I, one? Have you seen that yet?
0: Um, I don't believe I have. It's it's a it's a newer episode. But it's, uh, it's this one, it's the bisexual, and one other. I'll know it whenever we get to it. Why right? did you see this? Because we were visiting uh, Grace's cousin in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, we were just like, you know, killing time. And he's like, oh, I'm going to put an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm on. He just picked this episode because I think he liked it.
1: Oh, Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, maybe that's, I mean, if you're like, oh, I'm going to pick an episode to show somebody that's never seen it, maybe it's awesome. Do you remember liking it? I, I remember thinking it was pretty funny, yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, now I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's it's odd that
0: I know the episode and you don't. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry competes with Rosie O'Donnell for the same woman, explores the nuances of uh. Japanese bows, and refuses lunch with an L.A. acquaintance.
1: Oh, it sounds like a good tease. I think they might have gotten a new tease writer this season. They may have. Uh, it's, they you know, may have. The two episodes ago wasn't great. I think we made that a lot better, but I think they've they've at least you know, hired another part-timer to do it that sometimes picks up the slack for the other guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. P-
0: p- picks up the slack for the guy that's been there for eight years. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, and I like Rosie O'Donnell on Curb, so I'm excited for a Rosie episode. Uh sounds hilarious and um is that it
0: yeah i think that is it
1: all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy
0: i'm ted hollowell be good